Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu, whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Hi, I'm Kate Berlant. I'm Jacqueline Novak. And this is Poog, an ongoing conversation about wellness between two obsessive friends. Two untamable intellects. This is our hobby. This is our hell. This is our naked desire for free products. This This is Poog. Poog. Today's topics, loosely speaking, Boethius, restorative broth, Malden. What's what's going on, Kate? What's What's on your mind, Kate? So I woke up on the wrong side the bed metaphorically or literally because <laughs> sometimes it's well, oh so is there something there like there is no wrong side oh, no okay i just well of course there is yes that's how one should approach life no i really did wake up on the wrong side of the bed i woke up on the wrong side okay i'm not in a good place Oh my god! I just had a huge realization about woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm I'm what? literally in shock. Are you ready? What? 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 I always pictured it as meaning. I just realized this isn't what it is. Getting like you got. Oh no! Is that the expression? You got out of bed. On, no, you woke up on the wrong side. Which of the means bed. like you're over on the left versus over on the right. I've always thought of it as which side you stepped out of your bed. Isn't that funny? That is bizarre. I actually have. Uh, <laughs> here's a little kind of OCD thing of mine. I read in a, like a Seventeen magazine or a Cosmo 462 years ago that Selma Hayek always steps out of bed with the right foot first. No. like And so I've been doing that my entire life, my entire no. adult life. You every, never so forget. I think, about, I think about Selma Hayek every morning. Selma. Oh, Selma. It's Selma. What was I saying? Selma? Isn't it Selma? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Isn't that wild, though? By the way, another thought. No, therefore, she's present I've never articulated that. No one knows that. Yes. And isn't it, it's weird how I say something like that, which is deeply personal and has been kind of a ritual I've been doing for, again, 462 years. Suddenly, now that it's hit the air and I've said it out loud, I I had an urge not to say it. Yeah. And now, do I feel robbed of a private ritual? No, this is huge. Um, What do, should we keep things to ourselves? Oh, God, That's like the kind of the big question, because I find that I can't. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like part of my it almost sounded like you were heading towards can. <laughs> I feel like I can't. No, I, I can't keep a goddamn thing to myself. Right. And so the foot thing that I just said, like, that's something that I've never uttered. But of course, don't you feel that like you got excited when you realized and I think we share this 
when you realized you had something that you've never articulated. It's exciting. Right? Yeah. There's a goddamn thrill. There's a, the, oh, we found a jewel in the soil, right? Yeah. To me, it's inherently a jewel because it was in the soil, even if it's a mere rock. It was buried deep within <laughs> my private life. Right? So, so there's a thrill to bringing out to making of ostensible the latent mm. uh i'm always yeah. trying to work ostensibility versus latency into oh. any conversation but no wait let me think if there's anything i've regretted bringing to light. well there is that quality of you know yeah once it's out has it see but i feel like that selma hayek thing unless you feel like it's um no i'm fine with it being out. a magical ritual yeah that's why i feel a little bit it feels a little magical oh it, it does. feels magical to me though it's a superstitious thing right stepping out with the right foot first well that's interesting because maybe what that is then is hoarding luck well to interrupt no but i love that idea because no, it's like shouldn't i i'm like no if this is a little positive ritual or a little superstition why wouldn't i just want to share that with the group no exactly but but this is interesting private ritual in a compulsive way right mm -hmm. like can lose its power when you speak it aloud right but in a good way because these are like technically anytime you you're no longer in prison okay the difference between positive ritual for the self mm -hmm. that supports you and compulsive ritual of OCD, serve the demons, yeah. serve the demons <laughs> living in a prison of yeah. I have to put my foot down you know so it sounds like that one for you somewhere in between right it's a little bit compulsive oh, yeah it's somewhere in between but a little bit joyful also and so it's like yeah you know i mean it's sort of it's sort of like you know my fears of going to overeaters anonymous right like like don't don't take away the magic the numinosity of what occurs between me and food you know late in the night i can't believe you said numinosity because the really? word numinous has been following me lately <laughs> it's been following me as well actually really? the numinous has been hunting us no numinous it's it's i i love when that happens and that 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 is god but truly when <laughs> things just continue to appear like that or chasing yes. you being chased by words or ideas or images what is that well the synchronicity it's meaningful coincidence it's you and me living the jungian life okay it's young it all comes back to goddamn carl carl, carl. is runneth uh, amok uh, carl has entered me now i mean he's always been there but <laughs> the young stuff has been huge for me lately i mean i feel like the last four episodes we've talked about it, i should just move on no i know we keep referencing him and and it's actually i have a new thomas more <laughs> it's another author i enjoy you know you said that and i heard sir thomas more man for all seasons thomas right. more who also is a jungian practical psychology you might call it I'm reading a book called Soulmates. Couldn't recommend it more. I always confuse him with Merton. Never heard of him. Oh, wow. Thomas okay. Moore wrote a book called, I guess, Care of the Soul, which I've never read. But this book, Soulmates, is divine. See, the pro this is what my concern was. Irish writer Thomas Moore from 1779, Kate. Is that what you're reading? Honey, I wish. This guy's still breathing. <laughs> is it an indignity to read anyone who's still breathing? Yes, I think it is, right? Because what is a book? It's a letter from the past. How dare you ask anyone to read something current? I want to be coiled up with Dante, you know, but, I, but I'm but i not. Oh, my God. Dreaming, dreaming. What is your relationship to Dante? Okay, I'm totally, I have one. Are you ready what it is? It's nothing. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a relationship <laughs> with Dante, but you wait, you asked and you ran because you were like, oh, no. I oh, don't. No. I really wish I did. I mean, I have like gentle dante Wait, i was about oh, to answer go, go no all it is is that in college i had a professor who talked about how oh my god it wasn't dante it was it was milton mm, oh, Paradise sure. lost same difference okay okay i'm gonna say it anyway every christmas his wife reread paradise lost and i've never forgotten it wow the idea of like well every year i revisit i love that paradise lost and i learn new things i want to be that woman i know that's my dream of my future that's my dream of my life uh, i know it is every every i know to have Something. I want to be once a year I go away even just for two nights <laughs> I want to be on some cliffside town with the waves crashing and be alone in my solitude leaving my children and my partner and my whole life behind and I want to just right. you know I read Paradise Lost once a year yeah I drink scalding hot <laughs> Darjeeling tea laughing. and I look out at the sea <laughs> and the waves crash against the rocks and I you know ponder those who have passed and my own mortality mm, and i like jerk off in the mirror or something <laughs> uh, um dante yeah my only really knowledge of dante is the 
Cole Porter lyric where he turns it around and he says, Inferno's Dante. What? To rhyme with the great Durante. Nothing's, that's not registering for me at all. I know not Cole Porter. I mean, I know Cole Porter because uh, I'm not, I wasn't raised under a rock, but I don't have uh, yeah, no. any feelings there. No, that's, you know, fair. Um, Were you a teacher's pet? <sighs> Teacher's pet depends what you mean. I had stimulating intellectual relationships with a variety of teachers Same. Um, in high school. Of course, you know they were shocked. I mean, they said, "Well, how do you how do you know about Jung?" Literally, okay, okay. They were shocked. <gasps> but did you have you had close relationships with certain teachers? Yes. Yeah, me too. No, you and oh, I absolutely, are, yeah. including like me and my friends, like staying after school to like further educate totally. ourselves. No, no, I. Because also you said Dante and that flashed me forward to being in college and this professor, this Italian professor who I was like taken by and he was like, you must transform your desire or whatever. Taken with? Did I say taken by? I was just making sure he hadn't kidnapped you. He took me. No, but I um, did end up going <laughs> in Sicily with him in a small group. Wow. Okay. There was an energy. No. I remember going to his his apartment in Brooklyn Heights and like drinking Prosecco <laughs> and discussing Dante and I was like, bah. but I didn't. Um, but he... It was a big teacher's pet moment for me is that it was like day one of his class. And I was, you know, again, taken. I didn't have a crush on him. I just truly meant I was like the world of literature is, is unfurling before me and him talking about Boethius Constellation of Philosophy and being mm. like how that book is like divine. <laughs> and then I like a little bitch. Boethius? Boethius. Boethius. B-O-E-T-H-I-U-S, I believe. Wait, and it's not pronounced Bertus. Do you know why I'm asking? This is huge. No. <laughs> because Theta just broke into say I don't think he's German. I think Theta knows where I'm headed, our producer, which is, okay, ready? This is one of my favorite topics. Yeah. You know, Goethe? Yes. <laughs> and I cackle because the spelling, you know, G-O-E-T-H-E-S or whatever. It looks like Goethe's. Oh, right, 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 sure. Okay, but it's pronounced Goethe, and that's, like, to me, like, one of the biggest flexes you can you can do is it's just to huge. be, like, Goethe, and then, like, your friend looks up Goethe, and they can't and find it, because yeah. how could that be? <laughs> and then I love, like, the Gothel's Bridge, I guess, in New York. Isn't there a Gothel's Bridge? And I'm like, it's Girdles. Wow. But no one... No one's there to hear you. You've lost interest. Have you gone pursuing I've, a free product so on I'm your not computer? Because I see a hand. No, no, my hand forward. is right here. I just, I, I, I. It seems so cruel to say I lost interest. Something in me did break off. No, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I was also okay, and, and, too focused and I on think myself. My excitement. No, I think my excitement around. See, I have this belief that because you love me, okay, yeah, okay, that if I'm really excited about something, I expect you to go like. I'm going to find what's interesting in this because Aww. she's so excited about it. I'm going to love it. Well, I do and love instead, you that much. No, right. But sometimes I will break off. No, of course. But I'm like... I would say eight out of ten times I'm I'm there no, with you in the excitement. No, no, no. And I appreciate it about you because it's real, okay? You're not coddling me at every turn. You know what I mean? Right. Only only within, you know, reason, right? But I'm just like, in my mind, there's a... There's a ratio that I'm always working with, okay, mm -hmm. of how long am I going to make you wait to hear this thing? Like, I'm like, the Goethe thing. I'm like, that's like two sentences. I can get that out really fast. Yeah, loved okay? it. So loved it, it provides any, you know, but it didn't enchant you. And that devastates me. And I go back into no, tap dancing. I'm like, the Goethe thing did. It was when you broke off into the bridges. I started to go. And then I was in my mind. I was back with Boethius and kind of medieval philosophy for a second. No, and I want to go back to the Boethius. When I go to bridges, it is with an absolute intention, okay, of returning. And that's also worth noting. I know. Wait, so I do want to come back to Boethius, okay? Well, I moved off him. <laughs> well, all I was going to say was that I, like a little teacher's pet, ran off to the library after class, checked out Boethius, Constellation of Philosophy, went home, you know, read some of it, and then the next day or two days later, bounced into class, and then after class was like, by the way, I went and looked up. No. Like, I, I checked out Constellation of Philosophy. It's sublime. And he was like, he went to the library, did you, and got the book? <laughs> <laughs> Not Irish, of course. But uh, I was, but like, can you believe I did that? <laughs> well, I certainly can. And um, because <laughs> I, too, know the flashing of a book, the book peeking out of a knapsack, I all know. of those things relating through merely saying that you also bought a book. I, too, own that book. Yeah. Is 
were you involved? This is a very kind of New York City thing of the subway, mm-hmm. but like, were you involved in trying to constantly force hope that you can make people fall in love with you based on oh like performance of self on the subway like yeah. i for many years in new york i just convinced myself that i could get it down and i could just make <clears throat> scores of people fall in love with me just by like these like little brief encounters or simply by the way i was you know pretending to read on the is it, subway was, is it always with the book it certainly helps okay the book helps. <laughs> but i was wondering because to me that's interesting that you're afraid to be at the pool alone and yet like performance of aloneness on the subway you're obviously comfortable with to a point of using it as seduction. Very comfortable. I always was more enchanted with the idea of um, uh, performing that I was like some weird genius. Okay. So, so for example, like it would be like the idea, I didn't do this, but I fantasized about almost like tapping my fingers kind of like, um, like, like I was working out a problem or a symphony. Okay. Oh, wait, okay, wait. I'm stopping you there because I did working out a symphony acting on the airplane once as a, yes. I want to say I was 14 years old. Okay. This now, okay. I, the, the memory has flooded me. I haven't thought about it in a hundred years on the, having the tray down playing, playing piano on the tray, I'm playing dying. piano on the tray so much that that the guy next to me goes oh, my. oh do you play piano like i was asking for it by What'd the way I, well, to be clear i was like 14 like yeah i don't want to get into it i was it, like but, oh um, yeah looks- and then the rest is a blur but you can imagine the intensity with which i was playing piano no no and that's an outrageous <laughs> well i once had it right and this is a little more like authentic in the sense of like and therefore more embarrassed to share it but i had this notebook of all my like writings um or like a binder of various <laughs> writings you know and that i was taking in and out of new york city on a subway to go to this like workshop and um a man you know sitting near me on the sub on the metro north was like <laughs> like got off at his stop okay after like i don't know we're both next to each other for 45 minutes i'm paging through my materials not performatively uh, you know i will say and he was like keep writing it's kind (gasps) of like no he meant like you're good how dare you he meant like don't give it up he did not mean keep trying i know but it still pisses me off no of course well similarly in grand central is coming talk about coming flooding back similarly in grand central i'm wearing a red wool coat you know Mm. like looking like paddington or something right i guess his coat wasn't red it was blue but you know what i'm saying and you know the cheeks are flush in the winter i'm wearing a hat a scarf it's snowing outside and i'm waiting by the uh by the clock in the center of grand central and who are you waiting for sorry keep going <laughs> i'm getting so your your language is so rich i'm, getting, <laughs> I'm being brought into the story against my own will <laughs> I, I don't know who i was waiting for but i um a man walks up to me regards me <laughs> takes me by the shoulders <gasps> no kisses me on the cheek what okay jacqueline <laughs> and says like something like I'm sorry, I just had to. You were too no. cute or something. No. And walked away. Jacqueline. Shocking, right? I wonder if I could find it in a journal to have the exact words, but it was definitely something like that. Did you love it? No. I mean, I didn't I didn't <laughs> That's love horrifying. it. horrifying. But th- what's funny is like, and this is... Did it happen so fast? It happened so fast, although did it, right? Because like, how, how many seconds did it probably take? It probably took... Well, first, there's like someone's walking towards you. With a confidence that you think surely they're just walking towards someone right behind me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. And then there's the moment of like shock if someone takes you by the shoulders. How old was this person? He was probably like 60, 45. Kind of shocking, right? Because it's like, I don't know. It was weird. And then there's almost the. <sighs> Ew. Dude, this, is a, this is the funny thing. It's like I almost like it's this moment where you can decide whether you're um, culturally obviously supposed to be horrified right yeah um you know horrified disgusted whatever all of that right and then and then but there's almost this moment where you're like or is this just a great new york moment is it 1942 like you know the soldier bending the woman over to kiss her right the soldier coming back and it's like that was and then moments later they took the he didn't know her they took the photo and then moments later she was screaming yeah right <laughs> okay, and so you're almost like, and I can't remember. I think I told this story to Chris later, like almost like like it was a funny New York story, and like, yeah. and he was like, he was fucking furious, like who is that? <laughs> yeah. What a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, like that is so not okay, and of course it's not okay. I'm just trying to think if I've ever. There's other things like this where you like 
Don't realize it's horrible. I like that, though, as a prompt. I'll think for uh, a second. Things that are horrible, but you didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, or like you're ashamed that you sort of like went with it. But we do have to send them uh, into the desert of the ad. Break. Pray for an oasis. It'll be our faces. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to know one of my favorite sounds? Here it is. That's the sound I hear when I'm learning a new language with Babbel. And if you want to learn a new language this year, I guarantee it'll be one of your favorite sounds too. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Babbel is convenient. Kate and I talk about it all the time. Love the way Babbel helps you for those quick real-world interactions. Like how to order food or ask for directions. How to have a decent conversation with a merchant. And who doesn't want to go on vacation? I know the language. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash poog. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash poog. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash poog. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu. Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunphys, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. We're back. We're back. Hi. 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 Well, during the break, uh, I noticed you've gone sullen and I have an idea about how to lift you up. Please do, because as I confessed earlier, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh, right. Which I really haven't had that feeling in a minute. Like I, but it was that thing of just, ugh. Again, both literally and metaphorically in this case? No. I was literally where I always Just metaphorically. Yeah. Okay. Your, your rage at me Reveals. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was true childlike <laughs> irritability. That was like, that was outrageous. I don't know. Maybe you said it earlier, but I, I still, I was too enchanted. I think maybe I had upsetting dreams. I had a dream I was like wandering in the city and people were just like openly shitting in the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I saw all these people who were like, I don't know. I, I just was in this kind of dark city, this like kind of, mm. you know, wasteland of a metropolitan Sort of Gotham versus New York. 
Batman's Gotham. Yeah, perhaps. Um, perhaps it's not really a relevant reference for me over at Janus Films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm strictly Janus. <laughs> I just think it's funny to call it Janus. Janus, yeah. Um, I dreamt that I was pissing for about five minutes, um, relieved to wake up to dryness. Because I dreamt that I woke up after having pissed the bed to a point of just like a whole room of piss. And um, and it was it was pretty interesting. And I've been trying to um, re-up, obviously, given everything on dream work, dream journaling. I'm sure I've said it on Poop before, but you know the key to remembering your dreams or one technique. Right, I'm done every day. Yes, but even better. What if you, you sit because you say that to people and they say, but I don't remember anything. You make it up. You pretend you remember. You geniusly told me that. That that changed my life. Isn't that huge? You write it. You write it down. So you go. Yeah, I dreamt last night that a kangaroo, you know, caught me sniveling grease. <laughs> but what did you say? Because oh, but then the subconscious was this on poop previously because it was so genius that it's more exhausting for your subconscious to yes. bury the dream than to create a lie. Yes, the subconscious goes. I'll just give it to you. It's easier to remember it than right. than go through this process of you making it up. Phenomenal. So I'm starting and noting down the little bit at a time. Did you dream about Trump explicitly? Like, did he come into your dreams? Once. Once I dreamt I was at like this small sort of party or gathering or something. And and it was like, oh, my God, Trump's here. Okay. And it was like, oh, fuck. And it was like, and he comes in. And it was this weird thing where I looked around like, what do we do? Like, throw something at him? <laughs> like, oh, and he like, he like spoke to me politely. And I was like, it was like this feeling of like, it was the, it was the nightmare of someone's politeness yeah. causing you. To almost like respond by accident, like hello, like right, right, right. like uh, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. No, you know. <laughs> yeah. What about you? It sounds like you did. I did dream once. I had once had a sex dream where I was Trump. <laughs> I dreamt that I was Trump, and it was actually lucid. It was partially lucid. Stepped. Now, if you look down at your hands, were they Trump hands? No. So I, I was walked. It you as your body, but you knew. No, I was Trump. Okay. And I was walking into this like. <laughs> I believe it was some kind of like industrial refrigerator or freezer area. And I walked in and I was like, oh my God, I'm Trump. And there was this very kind of like bombshell blonde in there. And I went up to her and I like pulled her hair aside and whispered in her ear. This is, this is graphic. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> it's hysterical. I said, I said, I'll buy you a car if you let me go down on you. No. And then I came. No. Yeah. In the dream? I'm sorry. I'm not not to be juvenile who doesn't understand. I woke up like, ah! Really? (laughs) No, no. And I was Trump. Very interesting, obviously. Let me just take it in. If I buy you a car. If I buy you a car, will you let me go down on you? Or I'll buy you, yeah, I'll buy you a car if you let me go down on you. Right. It's interesting because I don't imagine him kind of like, let me, if you let me, you know, is, is generous. Trump, Trump, I don't think he, he has that in, he, do, he doesn't have that in him. There's something that's like actually so erotic about being like, I'm going to go down on you and then I'm going to buy you a car. Like, it's See, cool. that even though is like still more forceful. There was the like request yeah, embedded no, in yours, no, totally. if you let me. And that's, you know, consent was present for you. <laughs> consent was very much present in my dream. Like the dream world is supposed to be absolutely untouchable in terms of like, like, you cannot shame someone for your dream. You cannot, you know, whatever. And so I just think it's funny to be like, meanwhile, nonetheless, I... No, it was still, yeah. Do you have any dreams from childhood that you still remember? Early nightmares? I think anything? I remember my first dream ever, which was that I was in some kind of gift shop. Obviously a wonderland for me. And <laughs> there was a carousel, the carousel of postcards. I know it well. Which used to be a really important thing for me, like the postcards, yes. the carousel. And I'm looking at the carousel postcards and then there's just a witch there, just like a classic like witch. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, I think, my first dream because I was in a stroller. I was being strolled. Like I was in a stroller and right. I was observing the the postcard carousel from the stroller. Oh my God. And I once also saw a witch. It's like early ma- like childhood magical reality stuff where I thought I saw a witch on a broom like sail across the sky. Oh, fantastic. So cool. Um, it was also like around Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Therefore legitimizing like that maybe it was. Well, I have a memory that I, you know, arguably could have been a dream, but I still like prefer to kind of stand by that I saw the Easter bunny. <laughs> okay. Which is like not even like no one thinks that myth is real. Like, but no, I believed in the Easter bunny after Santa. 
<laughs> Santa was revealed to be false. I told my parents, I said, you have to tell me if he's real or not, because a lot of the kids are saying he's not real. And I just need you to tell me, is Santa real? And it was before school. And I remember my parents were like, yeah, it's not real. And I was like, oh my I wish I had never asked. Like, I got a meltdown. <laughs> and then it was like weeks later, I was like, Easter Bunny's real though, right? <laughs> oh, no. I was oh like, not my. the Easter Bunny too. That is so you, like the anxiety appearing. Okay, and they're like, Easter Bunny's right, right? Because that voice, like, Easter Bunny's right, is what you do when you're like, you're walking a thin line between safety and danger. Okay. Exactly. You know me and so you're well. like, if I, if I just say it casually like this, uh, it's almost uh, like the gods won't notice. The gods yeah. won't notice if I just quickly ask for the thing I want to be true. I know. You're like, the rabbit's real, right? The rabbit's real, though. If I say it quietly, yeah. like, because you don't want to be like, the rabbit's real. And then the universe will scream back, no, it's not. So you're like, rabbit's real, right? Right? You're like no, very specific of your psychology through gesture. and. I mean, the tooth fairy, don't even get me started. Loved the tooth fairy. But I thought I saw the Easter bunny downstairs. I went down for a drink of water. It was like a huge, you know, walking Donnie Darko bunny, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And um, did the bunny look at you? Was there an acknowledgement? Uh, I can't remember now. I've lost it now. I, I, I became too accepting of the idea that it was merely a dream. And so I've sort of lost the memory. But wait, well, you know, my Santa Claus, what they had to do. No. I had anxiety that I'm sure I've told you this. I was like, I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. I'm so excited for Santa to ah! Like, 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 and then like crying hysterically, thus revealing they were scared. as a little child that I was like terrified. Okay. Aww. It was like, so I was trying to like, I was trying to be positive about Overcompensate. it. Typical, right? I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then like crying. And then it was like, or this is how my parents describe it is almost like I'm saying I'm excited, saying I'm excited. And then like, it's like, but I'm saying it with an intensity that's revealing something under the surface. And then, um, and then like a, t like a freak out. And then, so human. um, the fear, I was like, my fear was of surprise. Okay. Um, anticipation and surprise. And it used to happen to me if someone delivered pizza to our house. Same thing. If I know something's coming, it's like this. When's it going to happen? So I was afraid that I would go to the bathroom in the night. Yeah. And run into Santa. Okay. Ah, Santa. Like this, this like, oh, I'm going to head out into the hallway and see Santa. And that was frightening. So I was really freaked out by it. So what my parents told me, <laughs> it was really cozy. <laughs> okay. Was that, well, you don't have to worry. Okay. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because um because santa has to get to so many houses yeah what he does he actually drops off some of the gifts in advance and so the gifts have santa is already the gifts are already here <laughs> no, and no, they're hidden no. in dad's closet okay they're hidden no, in dad's office no. okay and so they're already here and we're gonna put them out isn't that the best it's that's so, so sweet relieved. no because what you're saying really rings true to me i know that you know that i do this now it's like let's say you're at a restaurant you know, you're like, you're have your, you know, I want the chicken pot pie, right? And they come over and they go, we're out of chicken pot pie and you're devastated, right? But then you go, yes. well, you know, I'm actually excited to get the salmon, you know? Oh. And then like, so, and being like, being like, I'm actually really looking forward to it. No, no, no. This is actually exactly what should have happened. And it was the mushrooms the whole time. Yeah. Yes. And this is, it's never been revealed on Poog. And I'm going to try to say it once in one sentence instead of the 70 sentences that got cut from a previous episode. Right. I'm just going to try it. I want to say the mushroom thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. That was cut. Yes. Are you sure? Positive. Here I am saying it was the mushrooms the whole time, assuming the listener knows that the deep listener will know what I'm referring to. No, right, right. No, no, it was cut because I internalized that it was cut as, oh, that was cut. Interesting. I thought that was so like important. But yes, I did take nine minutes to say well, this it. is you know, very. This and I will say just to preface, this is feels very because this is such a tr this is to me is evidence of you really knowing my deep psychology. Yes. Like of how I feel so seen by you. And one of the great things about you is that you enjoy being seen. Even called out, so to speak. Yeah. No, um, I love not that. called out. Called out's too, like, culturally loaded. Yeah. But, like... If someone is observing you or knows you well enough to actually be able to maybe gently criticize is almost too strong a word. Yeah. But is able to kind of point out your own pathology to yourself. Yes. Divine. Divine. And and you light up. So it's really oh, fun. I love it. But the, the mushrooms the whole time thing, which, you know, could be a t-shirt... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is simply I observed Kate's psychology, including my own, sitting at a restaurant, deciding what to order. And we were deciding whether to get some kind of mushroom, a mushroom mousse as an appetizer, or there was a side of roasted melange of, of different mushrooms. We were deciding going back and forth and Kate was having a lot of anxiety. I mean, just and, and the thing is, 
we're in it together because menu anxiety, making the right choice, all of that is huge for me as well. So we're yeah. really going into it like life depends on it. Yeah. And I I got to a point where I was able to say that I really <laughs> think it's the roasted mushrooms and we can get them as an appetizer, even though they're aside. Yeah, yeah, genius. Yeah. By the way, yeah, <laughs> recommend to all listeners. Okay, a side can be an appetizer. It's huge. Okay, so like, <laughs> so <laughs> like roasted mushrooms sound great. So yeah, so 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 it was like I was like Kate, it's the mushrooms. Okay, oh no, it was like this is more what it is. I'm because st- I'm not doing that thing yet. I go, I think we should get the mushrooms. I think the roasted mushrooms are going to be infinitely more satisfying. Whatever. And Kate, this is the key of her psychology. Goes, you're right. It was the mushrooms the whole time. Okay. <laughs> And, and and it was a mushroom the whole time. Like like like, and, and, and what it revealed was Kate's desire for something to have to be absolutely certain, and so certain that it was inevitable. Right? It was the mushrooms the whole time. Fate led us to it being the mushrooms, and that puts her at ease. It's huge. It's so oh big to your psychology. God. It's just so central. For and me. it's not far from mine. Right? It's like part of my psychology so I can recognize it in you. The desire for certainty. And as you said, fate, this desire. Yeah, inevitability. For, yeah, this absolute truth that my own behavior, my own, nothing could interrupt it. Nothing could get me away from that. It was always yes. going to be the mushrooms and I Surrender can deliver it forever. But <laughs> and that certainty is like so much of something I chase and something I'm having to let go of, right? As I strive <laughs> to be an adult. But wow. But it's also, it's also, I think there's something very joyous and it's almost a hyperbole as, you know, maybe this is one of the lovely facets of the hyperbole that you and I so enjoy and that Trump almost took from us. I I don't want to talk about Trump, but, but, but anyway, it was like, (laughs) (laughs) we start now, we start talking about Trump. Right. (laughs) Do the entire, um, (laughs) (laughs) what if Poog, what if Poog, what if Poog was like, what if Poog was like, Cheeto Man? I was going to say, Cheeto Man over here. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sleep with his daughter. Oh, my God. Who doesn't? What if Poog became like just <laughs> hell? What if Poog was us being like, 2020 was a dumpster fire? <laughs> I know. I know. So, wait, where were we? Because it was deeply exciting. Oh, the mushrooms, right? You're, you're the certainty. And then I'm trying to think where else. And so, oh, oh, a hyperbole. So, it's like... It's like one of the joys of hyper. That is a version of hyperbole to me that's joyful is to just choose to believe that it was the mushrooms the whole time. Like, isn't it more fun? And and we love doing that, right? Like, I feel like even like when we would go to um, like you imbued uh, Russian samovar or whatever oh, samovar in yes, New York City on yes. what like fifty seventh and eighth or something. Yeah. And like, or, and you imbued that with a kind of meaning, okay? And you get into this I, I thing where it's got to be samovar. It's got to be samovar. We got to go to yeah, samovar, yeah. okay? Yeah. And then it sort of takes on this meaning that's another level, and it's like it's like it's. Fake to be that restaurant it's faded yes i just should we talk about restaurants a little bit for fun it's no because i'll start weeping because it's the only purpose of life is to be in restaurants and but you're right there's certain when was the restaurant invented is a huge question for me i have a theory but i'm not sure and i and guess what you've never considered it right you've never considered it no i completely i'm stunned all right maybe we'll okay we'll go to break and you revel in that (laughs) okay Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu. Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunphys, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household, in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome back for the break. I just want to say, guess who's on the right side of the bed now? And see, I knew this. Ah! I woke up and I said, well, thank God I have poog today because it's really going to bring me out of this moment. I'm going to get to talk to Jacqueline and I'm oh going to be reimbued with, you know, the, the the stuff of life. And it happened to me. It did? I, that big laugh, bringing back to the it was mushrooms the whole time <laughs> and then kind of being able to romanticize of, you know, the world, the old world, the before. When was the restaurant invited? I know we've got some sociological, archaeological. Tap, tap on the keys. You know, Here I go. I felt panic when I when I said that, when you said, should I look it up? Because I just realized, oh, God, I don't know if I want to know because... I have this idea in my head that I really like, but let's. Oh let's... my God, you're going to love what I just read. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. <laughs> Does it involve prostitutes? I mean, I'm sure, but that's not in what I just read. Okay. Is it, it started with like inkeeping? There's two, I just have to say it because there's two, you're going to die. Okay, I'm ready. Let's just say it involved. I can't even say it. Let's just say it involved. <laughs> Sorry, I'm shaking with laughter. I've never heard let's you pause that Let's just say long. it involved restorative broth. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm shocked. See, I, I thought it was going to be blood sausage and, and scrapple like in okay, um, here we go. Uh, Hallie Lowenthal. No, so -called no life. shock here, folks. 1765. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Near the me. Louvre. No. Served, served mostly restorative broth. No. Yes. <laughs> So this is the first time that people left the home. Now, did they eat it there? That's to me what a restaurant is, right? It's not just, I mean, prepared. What is a prepared food? It's about public intimacy. Right. Of course, it's about community. And that, need to, that need to perform public intimacy. And what could be more intimate and more private? Right, give, give, us, give us a little more. Is there a little more? Can you give us? Because like, no, I trust just. Trust me. I'm searching. I'm searching. According to. Hmm. By the way, bullshit, Paris. I mean, this is obviously a, a highly European, you know, fantasy of, of 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 history. Yeah, yeah. They're like, it was Paris, bitch. I mean, I've always pictured it. When would someone go into a place and have like when like when did personal services begin in that way, right? So you have blacksmiths and um and uh here we go 11 ad china 1100 ad so that sounds yeah, a little there more is. there it is that's more Let's that's, hear it. that's the that's the real stuff yes 1972 in italy yeah exactly exactly the communal table see that's incredible what are your thoughts on a communal table i classically loathe detest of course resent. okay traditionally speaking it is absolute 
hell, hell. And I'm tired of them trying to pass it off as it's like you're outside the Louvre. I had one magical communal dining experience. Here I go, folks. It was Tokyo. <laughs> oh, no. Are you serious? You've been yeah. to Tokyo? And here I go. Or was it Kyoto? No, this was no. Tokyo. <laughs> this was Tokyo. The Blind Donkey. Check it out. Fantastic. Known as the Chez Panisse of Japan. Never heard of that either. Chez Panisse? Well, is it in Paris, Kate? Berkeley, California. The, the invention of farm-to-table dining. The mistress of California cuisine, Alice Waters. You're, okay, you and your L.A. references, your Brandy Melville, for example. How dare you? Shea Panisse, by the way. <laughs> your Brandy Melville, I did to bring her down to size. Okay, because Farm to table cooking. My aunt and her farm, organic farm, supplies a lot of the produce to Shea Panisse. Okay, actually, we have to cut that. It's too much of a brag. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, keep it. I like it. But uh, Chez Panisse is a essential. And it was hard for me to say I don't know. It was hard for me to say I don't listen, know. Listen, I'm sorry to shame you. Chez Panisse is divine. When the world comes back, we will go. It's in Berkeley. Alice Waters is this famous chef. She's known as, I think, kind of the, you know, the farm's table dining. You know, she the the the, 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 the worshipping, the, the ingredients, the produce. <laughs> worshipping. <laughs> Truly worshipping. <laughs> worshipping at the altar is of purity this ingredients. Is this restaurant that's in a beautiful craftsman home. There's the upstairs one, which is kind of the more casual dining. And then there's the downstairs, which is more formal dining. Okay. But they have, and it's like the open kitchen and you're watching the, you know, watching them mm. saute the, the vegetables and the, the what have you. Mm. And there's, you know, bread and cherries cascading down the hardwood. <laughs> so Rolling of... <laughs> down the hardwood. <laughs> like bowling balls without the bumpers. Just... <laughs> Rolling across the floors and they get stomped under the under the naked feet of those who worship at the altar of ingredients. Smashing Castelvetranos. Why, why are you laughing? Wow, I really needed this laughter because you're so funny. I'm sweating. I finally had to take off my jacket. I've been freezing all morning. I thought there was something funny going on behind me. I didn't know what had happened. It was you. It was you. Have you ever been on stage doing stand-up comedy? We're not going to talk co- about comedy, but have you ever yeah. been on stage doing stand-up comedy? Someone laughs and you turn around thinking something funny must be happening behind you. It's happened to me. That's devastating. Yeah. Like, surely it couldn't be me. You ever start laughing in the middle of your own set? Because goddamn, this stuff's good. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, I had a dream. I had a dream. Have you ever had a dream about a bit that then you do on stage? I know we're, that we will not yes. talk about comedy on this podcast because being two comedians talking about comedy is pure hell. But listen, I had a dream the other night and I truly wrote down. I was like, I'm going to do it on stage. In my dream, I was just doing push-ups on the stage. Very funny. <laughs> you doing push-ups is very funny. <laughs> I'm going to start doing push-ups on stage. No, it's huge. And you can, right? Well, like, I was thinking it would be a really fun opener coming out and just doing push-ups. But then yeah. I thought maybe I would do it throughout the set. <laughs> you coming out and doing them would obviously get people, you know, on their feet, right? <laughs> This is a way to kind of pump up the crowd and pump up yeah, myself. Yeah, pump, well, pumping up the crowd as a practice is weird. You know, it's always made me uncomfortable. I would love to see you pump up the crowd. <laughs> no, and what's funny is like that lives in me, not in my comedian identity, but like, you know, I was the captain of my JV field hockey team. Now, excuse me, when it came time to be a senior, when like the skills mattered, no longer was I captain, okay? I was loving life, making observations on the bench, you know, and upset when they put me in. That was always the, the feeling, oh, no, they're putting me in, but I'm nice and cozy on the bench. But anyway, yeah, I remember we would jog around the school, and I, I, wouldn't it be embarrassing if my memory did not serve, and, and this didn't happen, and then there were people <laughs> on the team who were like, that didn't happen. <laughs> but I used to, like, we'd have to jog around the school, like, you know, at the beginning, do a 20-minute jog to warm up for field hockey practice Mm -hmm. and i would sort of like tell these tales to like inspire the group while we were running can't you see that you can see me as a motivational like exercise leader right i can see that i can see that deeply it's more about like then you like hot rah rah like that stuff is what's hard yeah and yet i was like be aggressive be aggressive b-e-a-g-e-r-e-s-s-i-v-e i cannot believe this is there footage no but there is a picture of me like with red cheeks like really red almost burnt like sleeping in my field hockey uniform on my bed as a high schooler that you'll probably be like you'll love because I felt this need to do all the things that were potentially things that are like a high school experience like I didn't want to miss out on things like that like what if they're, you know what I mean like like right, right. playing a sport like wow. am I not gonna have that scene like 
So I, I would, I did like a lot of activities. I was one of those. Sorry, back to the dream world. You're bringing up that I jumped about prom the other night, which is again, one of those kind of. Oh, well, I regularly dream that it's prom or a dance at the school and I don't have a dress or the right. dress. Oh, also weddings. Showing up to weddings and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have any of the clothes. I'm trying to pull something together. Yeah. Totally. Pull the mask together. Do you have like those stage dreams where you know, oh, that's the show and you don't know your lines, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, baby. I did that recently where I had it, it was like opening night, some really, this play, this beautiful big theater, went on mm. stage, didn't know my lines. So instead, I, I had gum in my mouth and I just started blowing bubbles. Oh, my God. And uh, the crowd loved it. No, the crowd <laughs> loved it. Okay, I know they did. Oh, I have a lot of dreams that I've forgotten that I am in a play. This sounds like what we just said, but it's a specific, there's a specific high school musical thing I have. And it's like, I don't know the dance. And I, and it's like, can I kind of just hide in the back? And yeah, ain't that life? Ain't that life? Uh... Listen, when the world comes back, you and I are getting in a car and we're going to Chez Panisse, baby. Now, are you, are you going to lead me? Are you a menu leader? Like our friend John Early, who, you know, gets a mention in every episode is very like, you have to... You know, it's not, it's the mushrooms the whole time. It's you have to try that. Well, honey, their menu is seasonal. So it's changing so often. You better not hold on to a beloved dish because it's going to slide off the menu just the way the (laughs) tomatoes slide off the vine. And so you once called a tomato white as a web browser. um, I don't remember that. It's one of the funniest things you've ever said in reference to a meal we had in Scotland together. It was an unripe tomato. Um, I think we talked about this on an unaired episode of Food. That's why I'm like, yes. you and me once had a meal that was promised to be greatness. The food in Edinburgh was so universally <laughs> inedible. It was the most devastating culinary month of my entire life. Therefore, worked for a month. I had one great meal, 27 Elliot's. Shout out. Fantastic food. Yeah. Everything else was unbearable. And so I literally could not locate a lemon. Okay. It's kind of a Brexit thing. No lemons in sight. Going to, I had to go to three markets to find a goddamn lemon. And so there was no acid. There was nothing mm. like the, just a salad could not exist as far as I was concerned. Right. Anyway, found this place supposed to be farm to table, you know, garden in the back. We're in August, you know. Oh, great. This will be great. The meal still was fantastic because we were screaming with laughter over meals. candlelight with cocktails. It was one of the great nights. But I remember a tomato salad and thinking, oh, a tomato salad, August, seasonal. Of course. Yeah. The tomatoes come. White as a web browser, I suppose I said. Hard. And I refused. And I, I revisited the picture. It's not completely white. No. But it deserves the hyperbole of white as a re- web browser. Tomato is one of those things that, like, I can't do... Anything less than perfection. Yeah, I don't want it. Okay, I have a, I, this is where having listeners counts. Can someone in this... I'll say country, so the you know shipping isn't terrible. Can someone get me a good tomato? Listen, they're out of season. You're not supposed to, in the in the middle of February, have a good tomato. No, I don't care when. That's fine. It can be in season, but I want the best tomato. I want the best... Dirty girl produce. I'm not kidding. My other cousin, there, I said it, in Santa Cruz, the most phenomenal tomatoes you will ever eat in your entire life, I promise you. Really? So sweet that... I mean, you will truly consume eight of them, unlike anything you've ever had. Well, They're... consumption of quantity is not going to be an issue. Believe me, I know I can Unreal. eat tomato. And I'll see you in the summertime. You're going to get it. I'll see you in the summertime. I'm sending you these tomatoes. You're going to fall to your knees, bake for Do you put a little pepper on them ever? A little I, salt and pepper? or Salt. A little Maldon, a little flaky salt on top. A little Maldon, a little Jacobson. Mm, oh, yeah. Maldon is um, regularly uh, pushed on the strategist as a high-end yet useful gift. I mean, Maldon changed everything for me. What is that? Like this tin of big salt? It's flaky. These crystals, gorgeous crystals that make you weep. Right. Of uh, salt. Finishing salt. It's finishing salt. We put on everything, salads, right? Everything from salads to uh, soups. No, right? It's not. Um, it's not a teaspoon of Maldon. No, of Maldon. Okay, so something huge has happened. I'm very ashamed. The, our producer Theta has gently informed me that it's Maldon, not Maldon. Not Maldon. And I just want to say that I am humiliated. I have been laid bare. This is what I. Str- I want to be stripped. Of my art. Well, this yeah. is the true humiliation because I mean, because it, it's a bougie or also whatever, here right? I am, oh, it's everything. Oh, you put it. And by the way, if you could see my pantry, I have a box of Malden. I, I like prefer Maldon. I have a box of it. I have a travel yeah. size tin that I've been known to take with me. <laughs> if you're going away for a weekend or a few days and you, you want to make sure you have the right salt. Pull it out of the purse. My mother actually, a few 
mere weeks ago held up, you know, through the glass, the COVID friendly viewing, a j- industrial sized drum of Malden. <laughs> And being like, I accidentally ordered this. Maldon. I mean, it was a restaurant sized tub. My grandmother, Bontons, okay, Bontons, B O N T O N, I guess, was like a department store of some kind, okay? And she always pronounced it Bonton. Unfortunately, I have no association, so it's not um, entering. I know. I believed that. That's why I gave you the context of it being the name of a place. I felt, I felt like you could go there with Malden. Me. <laughs> Drop your Malden stories in the in the chat. Malden and and start to source for me tomatoes for later in the year. Listen okay. to me, Jordan Girl Produce. We're getting you the tomatoes. Are there any plant people out there? Also, I'm I'm looking for a jungle. I've noticed uh, we haven't been begging enough on the podcast recently. It's been all notions. It's been all heart uh, and soul. Well, I what have I been realizing? Like, <laughs> there's been a distinct lack of hair stuff. Hair stuff. I need new shampoo. There, I said it. I'll recommend one. I could use something for my horse hair. I have to get a haircut. It's down to my goddamn ankles. I want PJs. PJs? I want, I'm into, right now, I want lingerie. I want slips. I want pajamas. Mm. I want garter belts and shelves for me. If anyone's got any modular storage solutions, <laughs> I will take modular. Artesian modular is what I'm interested in. I'll take modular because I, my life has become out of control and I need to organize and shed. But yeah, I would love sleepwear, loungewear, lingerie and tequila if you're asking yourself well i do have this business i could send them this but this doesn't seem relevant to poog you are wrong send 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 okay send, send. there's a there's a there's a gmail address Poogpodcast at gmail.com. Don't, don't risk getting lost in the dms as i always say and again i'm worried that my tequila shout out maybe got muddled there tequila preferably a blanco preferably a blanco Although the reposado, I will take. Obviously, you know, any artesian. um, Any natural wines. Also, it doesn't have to be artesian, by the way. I want to be clear. I'm happy to take things that are toxic as well. Okay. (laughs) Because I don't want to limit myself. By the way, we can't get into this at the very end, but are we worried about mold? I suddenly had a fear of mold growing in the, in the walls and making me sick beyond comprehension i'm fine you've been fearing mold really? since 92 yeah i remember you're kidding you're the, I, anytime i see any mold i think of you saying black mold black mold <laughs> black mold okay you're always afraid of black called. mold in new york city really see it's so great to hear that because i have no memory of that okay but we have to wrap it up so Thank any you. you know anti-mold devices we're interested anti-mold. in home kits although um, terrified what the kit says yeah i've got mold and then what i'm screwed so actually i don't want the mold test for that no, I'm fine. no mold test fuck it live okay. free and um but seriously uh the, the gmail is the best way folks for the gifts post subscribe um renew and send, and send. that was poog if you enjoyed poog please subscribe rate and review if not we will press charges This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet 
or the algorithm, choose them, and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.